Hey babes, welcome to the Jade Paris podcast. I'm your host, Jade Paris, a sex, relationship, and manifestation coach living and working in LA. Together we're going to delve deep on all things sex, relationships, spirituality, and science. We will travel through the astrological calendar together and its tarot counterparts, and then ground all of that magic in science and psychology-based discussions to help you actually utilize this energy in your everyday life. This is all in service of helping you step into the next best version of yourself. This is a podcast of growth and development from the multidimensional intersection of sex, spirituality, and science. Are you ready? All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate you making space in your super busy schedule to uh, come and chat with me. Yeah, of course. I'm super excited to be here. And thank you to all your listeners for tuning in. I'm honored to get to share on all things sex and astrology and magic and all of my favorite things. Yeah, we we are the same. So (laughs) if you want to just introduce yourself a little bit and the work that you do and the magic that you bring to the world. Yeah. So I'm a somatic sex coach, so I help people feel more pleasure, experience more aliveness in their relationships with themselves and with one another. And then I also mix that in with wilderness therapy. So I also, I call myself a wilderness witch. And so I bring in magic and astrology, but also connecting people with elements, connecting people with their relationship do they have to the earth. And uh, yeah, merging all of those things together. So I work with clients one-on-one. I work with them in person. I also work with them online. I also hold retreats in all over the world. I do rewilding retreats and also teach at a lot of festivals. So yeah, there's lots of amazing. That is phenomenal. (laughs) You're literally perfect for this podcast and for this, (laughs) this theme this month. Um, also what is your personal astrology? Yeah. So my sun sign is Leo and is cancer and Capricorn. So, oh, okay. We have very similar energies going. I'm a cancer, cancer, sun, Taurus moon and Capricorn rising. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Um, okay my so, Venus is in Virgo so I'm always like earth is my lover and that's oh, why I go in and like love understanding how love and relationships work and all of those oh my things gosh I love that and so your I'm sure your practices also feel very grounding yeah because <clears throat> you just I'm sure you imbue all of that with your lovely earthy energy yeah that's yeah. so cool okay Um, so kind of what I wanted to start with and talk about is like the idea of the astro calendar having a tarot counterpart. Um, I don't know Mm -hmm. if most people know this, but, and I'm sure you do because you are well-versed in both, um, like myself, but, um, so yeah, for, for this theme of this month, we're going to be diving into like Gemini energy and the lovers energy. Um, and so kind of just, I don't know if you want to talk a little bit about what those kind of energies mean to you or to your work or how you like, you know, work with them um, in your own, you know, in your own daily practices and things. Yeah, totally. So, you know, oh, I'm super looking forward to Gemini season just in general. I love the creativity that comes with it and the Mm you know, the outgoing creative energy that people have. And Mm -hmm. with that, like the duality of the twins and, you know, getting to be both. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, when we look at that within our love, within the lovership that we have, you know, we can have the duality within ourselves. which, you know, if it's some people call it masculine and feminine, yin and yang, um, you know, for it's like just both. And for me, you know, you can be really outgoing and positive and happy and sexual. And you can also at the same time be introverted and be shy and be insecure yeah. and not feel turned on and horny and like right. you can both and, and yeah. 
just you know and how we can move between all of that and how mm-hmm. we then how can we find love and acceptance for all these different aspects and parts of ourselves mm-hmm. so you know that's a, a big part of the work that I love to guide my clients through is actually going in and connecting in with these different aspects and parts of themselves and returning to love mm-hmm. and you know when you are in partnership when you are in relation with another having that be one of the core agreements is to return to love so you yeah. can have you know, a disagreement, you can have a challenge, you can have something that comes up. And if you have that foundation of our agreement, we're going to return to love, even if we have disagreements, even if there is a miscommunication, even if we're on different pages, desiring different things, how can we anchor back into returning to love and having that really be the anchor? Yeah. I love that as a core value of relationship. Um, and obviously like this whole theme of this month is relationships and communication and how we incorporate that into our lives, into our relationships in a way that is like structured and creates a feeling of safety, right? Cause like relationships can, can be, I mean, I think obviously relationships are our biggest, like areas of growth and areas of learning in these lives. And so, you know, that idea of returning to love is such an important thing that I feel like a lot of people forget, right? Mm -hmm. Like they think like, I have to protect myself or I have to be the winner in this situation. I have to prove that I am right, all of those things. And I feel like so many miscommunications or arguments can be fixed by just leaning in right? Or returning to love or um, letting the anger and the like resentment or whatever kind of fall away so that you can see your partner as who they are without attaching all these other things to them. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Um, So I really, I really love that. Um, And in your, in your work or the way that you work with people, do you do you kind of like work from a place of self-love first and then build upon that or, or what is your um, kind of like structure for, for your, um, your teachings and the way you work with clients? Yeah. So for many years I had it self-love being the core, the foundation Mm -hmm. and people really cultivating that flame within and that's still a thing I really believe in. And one of the core things I have people do is the self-love, you know, self-sexual practices, Mm -hmm. cultivating that within themselves. However, I've actually been shifting a little bit more away from some of the beliefs around self-love. You need to love yourself first before you can love someone else or be loved. I I don't think that is true. I think, Mm -hmm. you know, actually love from another can also help us love ourselves. I believe that we are, um, you know, we thrive in community. We need love from our parents. We need love from other people. We're not supposed to be isolated. We're not supposed to be alone. And, you know, finding that within our community is also really important. And it doesn't necessarily need to be from a partner. We don't necessarily need to get all of our love, all of our safety, all of our belonging from a partner and, you know, create a codependent relationship from that. But I do think it's important to acknowledge that as humans, we're also, you know, we get a lot of love from connection with other people, with connection outside of ourselves. And so that's actually where I would even bring in wilderness therapy aspects for people is being able to recognize how much love safety and belonging they also have from the earth from the Mm. food they eat from the water they drink from the sunshine how deeply loved and cared for they are with nature and so you know going into the self-love practices and the connection outside of themselves that they have all around us unconditionally like how much the earth loves us and then we can also look at you know that in our relationships with other people too Mm -hmm. yes oh my god I feel that so much that like that shift. And I feel like you've seen it a lot 
in our industry to a shift from self-love being like the foundation because, Mm -hmm. because we do learn to love ourselves through the eyes of others. Right. Mm -hmm. And I feel like so much of, of what's really important is Mm self-knowledge, you know, like knowing what you're coming into a relationship with, whether that be like your childhood experiences, your past relationship experiences, um, the relationship that you already have to yourself and whether that's strong or, or a place that you need to like focus more on. Um, I feel like that's really where, where the magic happens, right. Mm -hmm. Is like when two people come together who know themselves and not only know themselves, but can, can communicate that, right. Mm -hmm. Like can say like, you know, this is a vulnerable conversation, but like, this is what my past relationships were like, or this is what my attachment type is. And this is how it manifests in the way that it can connect with people. And, you know, these are my love languages and I would really love it. These, these are the things that make me feel juicy and loved and so like cared for, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, I think I also, because I also used to believe like, you know, self-love is, first self-love is the foundation of a good relationship Mm -hmm. and I think it really is more about Mm self-knowledge you know what I mean yeah Um, yeah yeah. Mm -hmm. and so um in terms of kind of going back to like Gemini and knowing Mm -hmm. that Gemini is ruled by Mercury which Mm -hmm. is the planet of communication Mm -hmm. um are there certain practices that you use that really um, work on the communicative aspect of relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So one of the practices that I teach like all of my clients and it's a really yeah. basic one. And, you know, at first when you hear it, it's like, oh, wow. Yeah. Like that's so simple, but it's also usually the one that everyone's like, oh my God, this was like, yeah, oh, yeah it makes such a difference. Yeah. This one blew and, the roof off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And the practice is just having someone share their loves, their fears, and their desires. Mm. So going in and setting a container for that of, you know, whatever the topic can be on, if it's intimacy, if it's sex, if it's just in general, if it's like, we're planning a vacation and you, Mm -hmm. you know, your, my mother-in-law is gonna, you know, drive me crazy. (laughs) So like, how can we like, like, and so when you have this container of going into sharing the things you love about each other Mm -hmm. it kind of like opens up people's hearts Mm. and it's like creating the sugar around it where it's like okay I am loved through this you love and appreciate me Mm. and just like that gratitude really opens people up to being able to hear some more of the challenging things that you are working towards expressing and it also helps you open up and be able to share it in a really nourishing way Mm, I love that is loves and I like to have people set a timer of like Mm. all right for three minutes I'm going to share all the thing I all the things I love about whatever the topic is and during that time you get three minutes five minutes ten minutes and you want to go really deep to really just speak and the other person is actively listening so they're not going to interrupt and be like oh yes or this or that like I love that about you too it's they're really just listening And so that also helps build safety and trust and connection because it's like you're having this framework of how you're going back and forth in communication. So the first thing, loves, and then going into fears. So what are you afraid of? And this magical thing happens when people express their fears. It kind of puts the other person in like, oh my gosh, like I hear that. And like, I want to do what I can to make that not happen. Or if that is going to happen, how we can hold the container in a way that allows for us to thrive. Hmm. And so, you know, sharing your fears. I don't believe that, you know, it's going to manifest because you're speaking it. I think, you know, if you have this fear, regardless if you speak it or not, like perhaps even not speaking it is going to have an unconscious way of it coming through and happening. Mm -hmm. And so when we can allow for these unconscious, these hidden parts, these shadowy parts of ourselves to actually have a voice and become, come through and be held in the eyes of love of your partnership, Mm -hmm. that's where a lot of healing happens. Mm. 
Yeah. And then going into the desires. So, okay. You're, you love this. You're afraid of this happening, but what do you actually want to happen? Yeah. And, you know, having that then be your North star. What do you want? What do you want to work towards? How can this come out in like the most supportive and nourishing way? Yeah. And so that's actually with all of my clients, I have a North star. I have, I work with the desire based method. So we use their desires to propel us forward versus we're going to go back and heal this trauma and that trauma. And, you know, this is going to be the same thing in partnership, in relationship. Like what is your North star? What are you working towards? What are you moving together? with and you know if your north stars are aligning if you have the same core values if you have the same vision like you know your path is going to be really supportive but if you realize like wow my dream is to travel the world and like be free and location independent and I want to be able to make love with whoever I want and like you know your other partners like core value is stability and I just want safety and I want to have a home and like root down and like I don't want you having sex with other people. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like, okay, well, our desires are, you know, we're, they're different. And, yeah. you know, this is a pretty drastic example to be using, but you know, it happens. It's important so, though, for sure. Yeah. 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 And so just, you know, getting clarity around desires and they don't have to be exactly aligned, but it's finding then what is your relationship energy? What is mm. your like I look at it as a triangle, you know, like you have your individual needs and desires, but then when you come together, you know, what is your energy together? Yeah. And what is that part of you needing? How does, you know, you can even create a name for your relationship and what is this, that need to thrive and using that to continue to propel you forward. And, you know, having these conversations, going into the parts that are hard, naming Mm -hmm. things you're afraid of, naming the fears, naming the desires. And also just because you have a desire of, you know, having an open relationship, if it's not a need, that is different. It can be just fun to be like, oh, like I have a sexual desire and it doesn't mean I need it to come to fruition, but just allowing for it to be voiced and to be heard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, oh, I love yeah. that. I love, like you say, this is very simple and yet like it's not. <laughs> There's so much depth there. Mm -hmm. And like, when you, when you kind of like bring these practices up for couples and things, do you, do you suggest that they start these from like the get-go of their relationship or, you know, I guess probably couples come to you after they've been together for a little while, but what's your, and, and also what's the cadence of, of a conversation like this, right? Like, this a weekly, a monthly, anytime it comes up kind of thing. Yeah. So, you know, actually this is part of a, another conversation that I teach people oh. like more when I'm at like tantra festivals and yeah. sacred sexuality, temple party, play parties mm-hmm. or things like that. And this yeah. is actually part of one of the conversations I give people to have. Um, mm-hmm. There's a few more things that are interwoven in it for like safe sex conversation. Sure. Yeah. And all- And so I actually love it having this be a thing that's used at the beginning. Yeah. Usually when couples are like coming to work with me one-on-one, they've been together a little bit longer, but Mm -hmm. I also do, you know, I've been matchmaker at play parties, I've facilitated and, you know, (laughs) things happen. Um, And so, you know, even if it's someone that you're newly connecting with, it could be like, you know, before having sex with them, you can share like okay, these are the, this is the way I like to be touched. This is what brings me pleasure and turn on. This is that self-knowledge and awareness and being able to communicate that, knowing what works for you, what you love, what you desire. And then, you know, also like your boundaries and getting to speak them. Mm -hmm. And so, um, yeah, I guess since we're kind of going into that direction, I'll I'll give a quick little recap of the the thing that I like to share with people when they're engaging in new connections and relationships and especially exploring sexuality it's a safer Mm -hmm. sex combo and Mm -hmm. it's the acronym is r bdsm oh okay easier to remember so (laughs) r what's your relationship status you know if you're connecting with okay i'm in an open relationship i'm single whatever it is i have these partners i you know just came out of a relationship and i'm a little bit vulnerable 
you know, yeah. relationship status. It really helps people know where you're at, what your expectations are and all of that. Mm. Or of like, okay, if we have sex, that means you're my partner. Like that, mm. or if it's like, we have yeah. sex and like, you know, I'm not going to be, I might not want to call you tomorrow. It's, sure, it's just the yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. So it's really yeah. great to make sure you're on the same page. Mm-hmm. And then B, boundaries. Pretty clear and to the point, you know, what are you okay with? What are you not okay with? And it's amazing what happens when people can communicate their boundaries because mm-hmm. it creates this fence instead of like it being this big gray zone of like, are you okay with this or are you not? And now like, we're like in this in between, yeah, like trying to figure it not, out. Yeah. You're not able to like yeah. fully relax into it and experience mm-hmm. like the full pleasure. Cause I'm like, all right, like maybe my boundary is a no to penetrative sex. And we're like sure. rubbing and grinding. And I'm like now in the state of like contraction and fear. Cause I'm like, oh my God, like yeah. what if it just like slips it in? Whereas right. like, you know, we had this boundary, no penetrative sex. Now I can like relax into like the fun rubbing and grinding. Yeah. And so yeah, yeah. boundaries, instead okay. of like having this big gray zone, it lets you play right up to the edge, the fence. Ooh, and feel like I love that. Safety. Yeah. So R B D desires, mm-hmm. you know, a little, that's like part of that thing from earlier desires. So fun to express. So fun to share and fantasize and go into the detail. Oh, I desire this and that. And mm-hmm. it helps, you know, especially if you are in a newer partnership to know like, all right, you like your toes sucked, you know, or something that maybe they wouldn't think about, but now yeah. it's like, yeah, I'm totally down. I have that yeah. same thing, you know, mm-hmm. super fun. It can be really hot this whole conversation can be done over like a long period of time. I've had like whole dinner dates where we do this. And then that night we don't even end up having sex because we've just had like this juicy conversation, but it helps people feel like deeper intimacy and connection because you're really able to authentically communicate. And then from there, it's like, oh fuck, like the next time we're together, like the lovemaking, the connection, the passion is so alive and vibrant, but it also can be a pretty quick conversation. I've had Mm -hmm. that. Yeah. RBDS, so sexual health. You know, when was the last time you were tested? What were you tested for? Um, you know, just getting people yeah. on the same page. Yeah, super and, and and sharing. Mm-hmm. Uh, RBDS M meaning. Okay, if we have sex, this means that you know we're gonna be in a relationship, or I, you know, I have sex mm-hmm. with all kinds of different people, and it means I love you and I care for you but I don't necessarily want to be in a partnership with you. This means, you know, it's something special and sacred to me. And I only do this with certain people, um, you know, and it means that, you know, we're going to be moving into a monogamous relationship or whatever it is. It's really awesome to let people know. So you're mm. on the same page. Yeah. Yeah. And then the final thing that to that is tea. And so I didn't say that the end because this is like a, a newer part and it's trauma. So just communicating like, hey, you know, I have this trauma. If you notice, like I go into, it looks like I'm freezing or frozen trauma response, like just to let people know how you can help me just like, maybe like, let's slow down. Or if I start crying, know that that's normal. I'm just having an emotional release. Um, or, you know, like I shake a lot and move and sound and like, it's all good. I'm not (laughs) like I'm having an exorcism, but I'm I'm actually just really enjoying myself. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, really great. So Mm -hmm. that's actually a thing that can happen at the beginning of partnerships that can happen that, you know, during partnerships. And as far as like how often, you know, it could be something that's fun to do weekly. If you want to have like a Sunday night, like five minute yeah, quick, like drop, drop in, in of like, mm-hmm. I'm just going to worship you and shower you and all the things I love and like set our intentions. What are we working towards this week? Or it could be, you know, bigger things when it's like you have a rupture and it's like, all right, I want to go into this and process this other thing. Yeah. yeah. Wow. That's all amazing. It's so I feel like it can be so expansive for people to hear things like this and be like, oh, like having a practice like that would completely change how I relate to my partner. You know, like it's, it's so important and it's just, it's amazing. And as, as you're kind of talking through all of this and I'm hearing a lot of, um, 
just kind of references to ethical non-monogamy. And so I would love to like, uh, maybe just kind of ask like, what's your experience there? Is that something that you kind of like guide people through things like that? I know I have, I have my own experiences with it, but I'd love to hear yours. Yeah. Yeah. So I, th- I think, you know, like first, like Mel and I identify as queer. And so like, that's, mm-hmm. you know, I work with people that are straight, yeah. people that are bi, people that are monogamous, people that are open. Like I, I work with it all and I have yeah. experienced a lot of different dynamics. I've explored quite a bit. Yeah. Um, and so I've, you know, been in open relationships. I've been in monogamous relationships. I've been in monogamish-ish relationships. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, like we go to a play yeah. party or we have sacred spaces and temples and that's where we then explore. But then when we go home, it's like, it's just us. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that. I've been in a triad relationship where I was dating a woman and a man and we we're all dating each other. And like, I've, yeah. like, I've explored- <laughs> at all and it's yeah I've just dated a woman I've like Mm -hmm. I've had quite a journey with it all yeah um Mm. and some of it has been amazing some of it has been like so hard and like really you know there's a lot of processing that can come with it because there's a whole other person that can be involved Mm-hmm. that has their emotional dynamics and you know with that it's like yeah there's going to be opportunities for jealousy to arise mm-hmm. and for things to be processed and that's where you know having the communication is so vital and important to be able to navigate these things you know yeah. if you're going to be exploring other forms other dynamics of relationships especially ones that are outside of our cultural norm it's really important to have these tools to be able to do it in a way that is really supportive yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I have a similar relational experience um, to just kind of all the things that you just explained. And it, ethical non-monogamy is, can be so expansive mm-hmm. and like teaches you so much about yourself. And mm-hmm. I think the thing that I took away from it, like as the top you know, I walk away and I'm like, okay, at least I learned this. It's mm-hmm. just, it was an absolute masterclass in communication. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Because like, if you, you, you just learn like, okay, this is what I need mm-hmm. out of relationship, which in monogamous relationships, you sometimes don't necessarily think about them in that perspective. Right. You just like, you show up, you continue to talk to this person, you fall in love with them, you just, it, it, it becomes, or it can become just very like rote, you know, like every day is just kind of the same and the fights are the same and all these things. But when you try out polyamory and the triad, I'm, I'm also um, bi and, you know, dated uh, a man and a woman at the same time. And you just, you learn so much about yourself and then how to actually communicate that to other people in a way that's like not triggering or going to upset a balance that is very like, you know, um, that's been very crucial to like keeping everything flowing in a happy place. And it's just like, wow. It, it is a, an experience that I feel like would benefit a lot of people and also would, would be really, really hard. Um, just from a perspective of like what society's view of relationship and love and just relational dynamics in general, you Mm -hmm. know, like what all those things are built upon. Um, and so, I don't know, I kind of wanted to ask you if you have any insight as to why most relationships kind of fail when there's communication breakdown and maybe Mm -hmm. how to like get ahead of that before it starts to happen you know yeah yeah so yeah there's like a little part Mm -hmm. even from that the last part that you shared that I'm like should I reflect on that um but I think it ties actually into this of 
you know, a lot of people, yes, they can get benefit from exploring different types mm-hmm. of relationships, different yeah. types of dynamics. And like, we can even like, let's say their monogamous relationship that you're, you're exploring, like this monogamous mm-hmm. relationship and then that one. Yeah. And like each one you learn and grow from, right. hopefully. Yeah, that's like huge transformational journeys that we can go mm-hmm. on where we discover parts of ourself and like parts yeah. of our like inner child and this part of us that like is really just like seeking love and connection yeah. and has these needs yeah. and so you know while exploring open relating ethical non-monogamy monogamous relationships all the things throughout mm-hmm. that time we're on a journey of self-discovery and discovery mm-hmm. of how we are in connection in relation with one another And a big part of that is like coming down to how are we communicating? Are we communicating our needs? Are we communicating our desires? Are we communicating our fears? Or are we like shaming them and being like, oh no, I shouldn't be jealous. Like, no, like jealousy is still, it's a normal and natural thing that comes up even like in people that are super well versed and experienced in non-monogamy relationships. And it's not creating shame or making that part of you wrong but it's instead learning how to process these different emotions and feelings that come up learning how to communicate them learning how to speak them learning how to hold your partner while they're going through a process learning how to hold yourself while you're going through a process learning how to hold your relationship as it's going through this transformation and Mm. so I think a lot of times these experiences can be huge opportunities for growth And they can be huge opportunities for like destruction, Uh, you know, like if you don't have the communication skills and all of that, and you're like, just like, yeah, let's have an open relationship. And I'm going to start having sex with your best friend. Like that's going to cause some problems. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And you know, like that rupture could be the end of your relationship. Mm. From Mm -hmm. there, you can learn a lot of important things that apply it to your next relationship and hopefully grow. Sure. Yeah. Or these ruptures, you know, even if it's in a monogamy, monogamy relationship, these Mm -hmm. ruptures can also be opportunities for expansions. So, you know, things break and shift and we feel these things so we can grow. And I like to look at it as a spiral. And Mm so, you know, we're going to keep coming back to some of those same things, but hopefully we're like growing and it's not going to trigger and hurt us as much but instead we're gonna be like oh yeah I learned how this thing goes I learned that I have this need for clarity I have you know I like if you're gonna go out on a date with someone I also really need to feel nourished and loved up not like you just leaving yes when we're having a breakdown Mm -hmm. like and you now like going and being with someone else like I need to like feel that we're in a really good place before you go and do that or you know, I need to know if you're not going to come home right after work. Cause I just make dinner, you yeah. know, it could be like, you know, all of the things, it can be something super simple, but the communication there of like, Hey, like when we don't go to bed at the same time, I don't feel as connected to you. Cause actually like this time of cuddling really helps me feel loved and being yeah. able to speak that. And then really being able to like zoom out and see where these disruptions, these triggers, these bickerings, these fights, all of that is actually happening usually because we're trying to get love. And it might not be like the most aligned way or conscious way, but it's like this unconscious part of us that's like, well, I'll know I'll get attention if we can fight about this little thing. And here Mm. that attention, you're actually experiencing a type of connection. And a lot of times we can see this modeled to us in our parents, you know, what did they do? How did they connect? And, you know, our primal part of our brain is like, oh, well, this means love because we're fighting or whatever that story is. And so hopefully we can learn how to not just have those types of connections, but also like the really nourishing ones and mm-hmm. being able to choose and transform how to have nonviolent communications, you know, when we're in this like bickering ruptured state and yeah. be able to allow for that crack 
that in, you know, could even be a crack in the foundation, but how can you allow for that to actually grow and help you become stronger and learn? It's like, oh yeah, like, thank goodness we experienced this little, this little trauma because it's now helped us learn how to love and support each other even more. And, you know, if you just ignore that and be like, okay, let's forget about it and move on. And, you know, like, well, then you're not going to be feeling that crack with love. You're not going to be feeling that crack with acceptance and understanding. So you can continue that spiral, but this time when it comes back, it's not going to dig deeper and crack the foundation even more. But instead it's like, oh yeah, this is sturdy and strong and I've got this. We've got this. We've got this. I love that. Continue to grow. Yeah you become a little bit farther away from the trigger and in that processing, as you guys spiral together, you grow stronger. Yeah. Yeah. I love that so much. And it's interesting as you're, you know, talking about these things that can come up, my experience in polyamory and ethical non-monogamy was that oftentimes people who, who do not choose that relationship dynamic often think people in it like are magically without jealousy or shame or they they think that you know you just are someone who doesn't feel jealousy or you just automatically feel compersion for your partner falling for someone new and all those things and it's a it's an interesting thing also being inside of it and like I know that my experience with it when I was um poly for the first time I constantly felt like I had to defend myself against my choice to be poly because you know you would you would share this with people and and oftentimes it would be kind of in confidence because it it is still a relatively new thing to you know um the masses I think Mm -hmm. it's becoming more regular, but, um, yeah, it was just, I always felt like I had to really defend my choice to Mm -hmm. be non-monogamous and had to kind of present this, this, um, perspective of just always being like, yeah, it's great. Love. I love it. Like, you know, I, my partner has another girlfriend and, you know, he and I together have a partner and, and there's just all these different dynamics that are flowing and, and kind of like changing on a regular basis. And, um, would you say that that was kind of similar or is similar to kind of your experience in it where you're, you kind of almost have to hide the jealousy from the outside world but then being in it, you're like, oh no, this is very real. <laughs> like I do, I do definitely feel jealous that they're going to a restaurant that my partner's never taking me to, or, you know, that, um, they're getting to feel new relationship energy. And I'm, you know, in these other relationships that are pretty solid and have been around for a while. Like what has been your, your relationship with the crunchy feelings of, of ethical non-monogamy and how has that kind of helped shape it all for you mm-hmm. oh yeah I <laughs> resonate with that and then like on yeah. top of that like having this be my field of expertise like sometimes yeah. I have even more shame or I'm like I shouldn't feel this even yeah. though I'm like no I shouldn't know that and, like yeah, I don't yeah. be okay with this because yeah. you know like in and it's so easy I like I should be that. above this by now and like yeah. that's just not how it works yeah. being a human yeah. right like yeah <laughs> yeah yeah it's not reality yeah. And so I have like meta emotions about it all. And like, and like with that, I've like, you know, thankfully I live in a, my community is very yeah. more open and mm-hmm. understanding and resonates similar. So I have people that I can sure. share this stuff with and I feel yeah. comfortable being able to share, you know, like, okay, like I, you know, my experience in jealousy and I feel safe in being able to do that without needing to defend it. Whereas you know, I'm, I'm from Minnesota. Like if I were to go back oh, okay. home and like share some of that with them, they might oh. be like, oh, that's because you shouldn't be doing this. You know, then I would yeah. almost need to feel like I need to be a little bit more defensive. Um, okay. Whereas like, you know, sharing it in a community that's like, oh yeah, 
that's yeah. normal and natural. Yeah. And, you know, I have my coaches and people that I can bring this to and, and mm. get support with that and figure out, you know, how I can move through the jealousy in actually a really supportive way. And like, love the jealousy because it's like the jealousy is there because I love my partner so much. Oh like, yeah. I love know, that reframe. Like, yeah. yeah. So instead of making it, it wrong, um, yeah. but finding appreciation for it and you know, mm. what is its message? Why is it showing up? Yeah. And, you know, yeah. Sometimes, you know, the jealousy is showing up because it's like, wow, something needs to shift here. Mm. And, you yeah. know, it's a need not being met or yeah. yeah. Or yeah. it's like, yeah, this is just showing up because it's a, a fear of mm-hmm. like losing my partnership mm-hmm. and, you know, something can shift within me. How can I create that safety? Yeah. How can I make a request to experience more safety in our partnership? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it was, it was also confusing at times for me because I really felt like I would vacillate between compersion and jealousy, mm-hmm. like on a pretty regular basis, you know, like mm-hmm. one day I would feel really happy for my partner and feel like things were great. And then something would come up that would just kind of like bring up these feelings in me that I was like wait but but like two days ago I felt I felt happy and it felt great and Mm -hmm. it's an interesting it's an interesting experience to Mm -hmm. just be in that like container of really really being constantly aware of your own psychology Mm -hmm. right and trying to like manage it and um, figure out like, okay, is this a me thing or is it a them thing? Mm -hmm. Is this something that I just need to process within myself and like develop the comfortability around or shift the way that I think about a specific thing or is this, do I need something different for my partner? Mm -hmm. Right, like knowing the, whether this is internal work or external work, was something that was really like really present for me in polyamory yeah yeah would you agree that that's kind of like been your experience with it or are you are you someone who's a little bit more on the spectrum of feeling less jealousy rather than more Hmm. if you want to share I I know that's a little bit of totally totally (laughs) I love yeah I'm an open book when it comes to this stuff um (laughs) Yeah, I think I, it really depends on the situation. Mm-hmm. It really depends on like, I've, yeah, if my needs are getting met or not, mm-hmm. like, and I vacillate between the compersion and the jealousy. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, perfect. Even talking about that with being in, you know, Gemini talking about that. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah. Like, I can sure. be jealous and enjoy this at the same time. Yeah, no, like that internal like feeling can be a lot. It can be so confusing. Yeah, it really can. And, be. and so that's where it's even like you know I understand if people don't want to explore not yeah. because it's a process. Yeah. It's a it lot is. of processing and feeling and like you know, and that's even yeah. for me, like I'm now more so calling in a monogamous mm-hmm. relationship that like mm. is open to exploring and sacred temples and play spaces and things like yeah. that. But I am at a place where right now I'm open to dating a lot of people and having multiple yeah. relationships with the intention of like calling in more of a long term, like this is my partnership mm. soulmate. And like, mm-hmm. once I meet them, then it's like, yeah, I don't need to have all these yep. other connections. Yeah. And that, that's at least what I'm envisioning right now. And yeah. like with that, like, who knows, things can shift and change. Um, you know, like maybe I'll meet a couple and like, I, I really like trios. Like that's yeah. the thing I really enjoy. So it's, you know, I have that both and in confusion. Cause it's like, there's times I'm like, man, I don't want to deal with the processing. I don't want to deal with having to have all these communications. I don't want all my yeah. energy going into that. Really. I want to create a home. I want a yeah. family. What are we co-creating together? Are we putting all of our energy into processing our feelings and all of that? Or is Mm -hmm. it like, let's not worry about this. And, you know, let's start our permaculture retreat center together. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, And like, 
with that it's like you know if you all of a sudden like there's a person that comes by and like they're like really important and you need to connect mm-hmm. with them like all right I'm open to having that conversation but I think there's like also yeah I, I cannot want to put like big blocks and boundaries in that type of yeah. thing I'm really open to like what the universe has to share and yeah. bring us but mm-hmm. I also think you know getting to have those boundaries can create deeper deeper levels of trust and the same with being able to communicate like oh my god I just met this person that I'm in love with yeah, oh. yeah absolutely <laughs> yeah. oh yeah oh my god I resonate with that so so deeply because like for me my poly experience was really expansive and taught me so much about myself. And I really learned how to communicate in relationship in general, in my poly Mm -hmm. experience. And when I like left the triad situation, I was very much in the space where you're at, where I'm like, "Ah, I really would love conscious monogamy. Mm -hmm. You know, that's kind of what I called it when I was dating and talking to people because you know I'm sure as you've probably seen on dating apps and stuff like there's a lot of people who are open to ethical non-monogamy or they really just want to be poly or you know they have Mm -hmm. their own boundaries and what I would say was like I'm really I'm really interested in conscious monogamy where we have the same level of communication Mm -hmm. as poly but Mm -hmm. without all of the I don't want to say drama, but it, mm-hmm. for me, it was a difficult, it was a difficult space to exist in for a long period of time because it felt like it was my whole life. Mm-hmm. You know, it felt like the emotional processing, the being aware of my emotions, being aware of my partner's emotions, being aware of their partner's emotions, making sure everything was copacetic all the time and that nobody was upset or you know, checking in with myself, like it was, it felt like a full-time job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so when I kind of removed myself from that situation and focused more on conscious monogamy and really just focusing on like building, building that foundation with one person with the ability to have, you know, the sexual experiences outside of it, but not emotional um it kind of felt like my whole life opened up yeah like all of these things that I had been constantly like worried about and processing and just been like in my head about a lot it just all lifted Mm -hmm. and it was like oh this is what stability feels like this is what being grounded feels like and it was it was a really interesting interesting shift for me because I I felt like I even started experiencing time differently Mm -hmm. where you're just like oh my god like my brain is not in constant analysis mode you know Mm -hmm. so so it it's been a really interesting experience to see like the relationship that I've built now with my partner, we've been together like a little over a year um, versus what that last relationship was like and how, how different it feels in my body mm-hmm. has been mind blowing. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. it's just, it's really cool. And, and I've also realized that I'm just somebody who likes a lot of grounding mm-hmm. and, and that's different for everybody, right? Like some people love the excitement and the the constant shifts and change and flowing from you know person to person and energy to energy and they really feed off of that and that feeds their soul and their energy and I've realized that I'm I love that in short spurts (laughs) you know like Mm -hmm. my Venus is in Gemini Mm -hmm. and so I love the like flirty and the the fun energy Mm -hmm. but but at my core, I need, I need that, like, you know, my number one. Yeah. So yeah, it's been, it's just been an interesting shift and an interesting realization after the fact, you mm-hmm. know? Totally. Yeah. Yeah. 
And so there's a part um, with that is recognizing like the emotional labor that's involved. Yeah. And and, like, is that labor, like work that's satisfying you? Is it nourishing you? Is it like, yeah, this is helping us grow and I'm Mm -hmm. down to do this work Mm -hmm. or are you getting resentful? Is that work and energy Mm -hmm. not going towards your bigger desires? Oh yeah. You want to co-create together. Yeah. So, you know, that's like no relationship is the same. Everybody has their unique needs and desires. And so it's like getting clear on that, creating the container that allows for you to thrive, allows for you all to thrive together. Yeah. And like, you know, one year it could look like this and like, you know, five years down the road, things might shift and you might now be like, all right, like I feel stable and secure and I'm like now open. Yeah. Or like maybe you were open for five years and now you're like, you know what? I'm done with that. Yeah. I don't need to see another cock in my life I'm good with just this one you know like for sure like things shift and change you know we are continuously shifting and changing and so it's Mm. like being clear that self-love that self-awareness of what are my needs Mm -hmm. so I can communicate them what are my partner's needs so I can try and love them and meet them and also realize that yeah I don't need to meet all of their needs Maybe they can get those needs from another person. It's a lot to expect that from one mm-hmm. person. Yeah. And but but I do feel like that is the societal norm, right? Yeah. That is what we're sold basically is mm-hmm. that your partner is supposed to be your best friend, your lover, mm-hmm. your caretaker, your your everything. Mm-hmm. And and that I think that is one of the like poly theories that I really I kind of love because when you start to think about how everybody really needs to kind of spread out their support system, yeah. like, and how, how much community and having like your people is so important. Mm-hmm. It's so important to have, you know, a best friend outside of your partner. It's so important to have a support system outside of just your partner, yeah. because mm-hmm. I think that's also where, where things can start to fall apart. Yeah, because it just, especially also when you start to bring children into the picture, is it just, it's too much for any one person. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. yeah I agree. And that's I, also one of the things that I'm like, yeah, Polly mm-hmm. makes sense. Yeah. Because, you know, it, to put all those expectations on one person just isn't supportive. Yeah. You know, when your partner, you know, like, for example, a lot of the men that come to work with me, it's like, cause they're trying to respark, you know, the love and passion sure, yeah. in the relationship or, you know, being able to have like longer orgasms, all the different yeah. things. But yeah, yeah, a lot yeah. of the times we uncover that their partner, like is kind of their mother, they're yep. cooking and cleaning and taking care of them and making sure they have all their stuff together. Mm-hmm. And their mother is also their therapist if they're communicating and processing their feelings, but also a lot of men like keep that repressed and don't even have ways to share that. So of course they're not going to be able to feel pleasure and turn on because they're not even allowing their emotions to flow and their partner is not going to be turned on because it's like, yo, I just like did all this work for you and then like process this stuff with you. And like, Mm -hmm. yeah, now I don't have a desire. So like, there's not going to be that charge, but if you can find ways, like get help, get a coach, get a support system have a join a men's group join a women's group where you can share go to therapy go to therapy (laughs) you know get help and support create that network and yeah yeah, share the golden nuggets with your partner it's important Mm -hmm. to be able to have that depth be able to authentically relate but also to keep the spark alive and you know being able to um, not put all of that pressure on one person and expect all of your needs to get back yeah. you know like for me dance is a huge love language for me like yeah, ideally same. my partner is gonna love to dance and make mm-hmm. music and hike mm-hmm. and explore and adventure like these are all things that like are really important to me mm-hmm. and you know I'm, I'm trying to figure out is that a need or a desire is that like the mm-hmm. cherry on top yeah. or is like does my partner actually need to be able to dance and like does that need to happen? Or can I have like, you know, he meets me in all these ways, but on Wednesday nights I go to Zook and on Sundays I go to ecstatic dance and that's my self-care yeah. time. And I get that from other people in the community. Mm-hmm. So. Ooh, I love that. I love, love that. 
uh, self-inquiry, yeah. you know, just that, like, is this a want, is this a need? Is this mm-hmm. just a cherry on top? Mm-hmm. If I met my absolute partner of my dreams, but this one thing was not perfect. What mm-hmm. does that mean? You mm-hmm. know, like, yeah. I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also, I would love to dig a little bit deeper around um, the idea of people wanting to find that spark again, right? Mm-hmm. Because I think, I think it's an interesting narrative that is sold to us that, you know, that like lightning strike, high in the sky, amazing honeymoon period is supposed to last forever mm-hmm. because neurochemically it's not. right that's not how humans are built Mm -hmm. um and so when people come to you for that do they do you approach it from a perspective of like um you know let's try to reinvigorate the relationship or the energy or, or or how do you go about doing that and and kind of what's the what's the belief behind it for you yeah, I think like the first thing is just acknowledging the science behind yeah. it of like sure. hey, it's not supposed to last forever. Like that, yeah. like that same reaction because that's a lot. You know, oh, yeah. we want to be able to be sovereign and in ourselves, mm-hmm. not like mm-hmm. on this love drug, obsessed and just yeah. oxytocin addicted. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. Sure. So I think acknowledging that that's natural for that to happen, yeah. and you don't have to like sacrifice and give up on that either Mm, there's things you can do to keep the connection there yeah you also don't need to fall into the storyline of like oh like yeah sex dies after two years or after you have kids and like you don't Mm. have that spark like that's also a narrative that I don't want to sell I believe that it's possible to keep the passion to keep the connection there Mm -hmm. and it just requires work if you're not giving it attention, if you're not creating like the energy for it to continue feeding the fire, yeah, it's mm-hmm. going to go out. Yeah. You can continuously find, you know, ways, you know, like, and this is why I like, you know, looking at people's whole astrological charts. I also look at their human design and I figure out oh, you know, yeah. what are yeah, things yeah. that bring you passion and what mm-hmm. turns you on in life. Like how can you keep that alive? And each person it's unique. So it's, yeah. you know, the self-inquiry communicating, exploring, trying new things. A lot of times just having those vulnerable, authentic connections and conversations can really keep things alive. You know, I create guided um, Taoist tantric practices for people to be able to do if they want to explore different flavors of sexuality, you know, Mm -hmm. helping women, you know, work with yoni eggs, doing different things like that. Like there's sex magic practices and things that can really respark things have people try things they haven't tried before and that can bring it back alive um you know and even like you know i see this being like going to a tantra festival or opening your relationship those are other possibilities but they're not the only possibilities you know a lot can happen with you know taking time together going on a you know a tantric weekend retreat with just the two of you and doing these practices um you know getting to just drop deeper and allow for the energy to continue to be cultivated yeah oh I love that yes yeah I also really hate the narrative of like sex just dies and that's just what it is or you know everyone just starts to resent each other after a little while and it's like no (laughs) that's Mm -hmm. not how it has to be (laughs) you know yeah like Mm -hmm. if we I think if we hold our relationships with you know reverence Mm -hmm. and have them be a really important part of our lives that require work And, and that work doesn't have to look like work, right? It can look like play. It can look like, you know, we absolutely like, we don't budge on the fact that we have a date scheduled every Saturday night. Yeah. (laughs) And when kids come into the picture, that doesn't change, you know? And we, you know, if we both have super crazy lives, we get comfortable with the idea of scheduling sex. Yeah. (laughs) So that we're both making sure that our needs are met and we're coming together and lavishing each other and just loving 
our energy, you know, just because sex is being scheduled doesn't mean that it has to be mechanical then, mm-hmm. you know? I think mm-hmm. a lot of people really kind of balk at that idea of like, oh, I, I'm not going to schedule sex because then it's not, it's not fun and free and flowing. And, and, um, I think, I think it can be, mm-hmm. you know, it totally can. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and I think you know, one of the common things that I have my clients get to do, it's because we really, have yeah. busy, chaotic lives and it's like scheduling sex is like a thing that a lot of people have resistance to. Yeah. You don't want to do it because it doesn't feel as spontaneous and like right. in the moment. Yeah. Yeah. But it still can be amazing. And sex can look like so many different things. Let's say, you know, yeah. you have it scheduled and you're not in the mood. Mm-hmm. Fine. You don't need to have sex, but you can have cuddles. You can kiss Deep you intimacy can in a massage. different way. Yeah. yeah. And just like having that, you know, that schedule of being able to show up and love each other in devotion in that state. Mm-hmm regardless yes. of how you're feeling yes. and it's like yeah okay I got a babysitter you want mm-hmm. to experience this like kinky wild thing or I got strawberries and I want you to feed them to me and lick this yeah. cool up off my body like mm-hmm. if you schedule it you can set that up and make those things happen versus yeah. like oh it's spontaneous and like you know we have the same want... sex we always have or whatever yeah. You know? yeah yeah or you know it's like I want to explore anal but I am not like as prepared for that as I would like to be so you know yeah, yeah. and if you schedule That's... that you can't yeah. be <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> yeah. so yeah, oh, yeah, yeah actually yeah. scheduling it can make it even more hot it can yeah. be part of the foreplay mm-hmm. it can you know you can text each you other and texting oh. each other all day yeah so looking yeah. forward to our date tonight or whatever yeah yeah, yeah. and yeah. you know like we before people get into their day-to-day lives and routines mm-hmm. still there was dates scheduled it's like yeah. okay we have our date which well, you probably think you're gonna have sex like maybe you're not but like you're like there's a possibility that something might happen yeah. that night. <laughs> you have it scheduled yeah and it's like just continuing to date each other even yeah. after you get married or not married mm-hmm. but like you know moving into a longer term partnership continuing yeah. to date each other continuing to show up and love each other versus just assuming that they're always going to be there. Right. Yeah. Oh, I love that because then that it builds in devotion Mm -hmm. into your everyday life. Like that's, I feel like that's also where things can start to fall apart for people is just like you said, assuming your partner will always be there. And so, yeah, I love this conversation so much. (laughs) Um, so I have one more question. Mm -hmm. Um, do you have any ways that you would incorporate the energy of Gemini season or the lovers into your sexual practices or pleasure practices? Like, is there anything that, that people could, um, kind of incorporate into their, their, you know, normally scheduled lives over this next month that really kind of imbues this energy? Yeah, I think it's like playing with that playful, mm. flirty energy, like remembering yeah. to date yourself, to mm. date one another. You know, yeah. if you're single, like take yourself on a sexy, playful, flirty date. I love that. If you are in a monogamous long-term relationship, like how can mm-hmm. you like schedule like everything? Just bring the play and pleasure yeah. and joy and creativity, the flirtiness mm-hmm. into the experience yeah you know it's creating like uh, a simple date night beautiful if it's creating a wild playful experience beautiful it doesn't need to be super elaborate but it totally can be and just bringing some of that playful creativity back into it so I think that and then also bringing in the communication so Mm. having either like getting a journal and doing some self-inquiry if it's just with yourself of like what do I really desire what do I want to experience in this life? Yeah. What do I want to learn? How do I want to grow? Get into the intellectual stuff too. You know, Gemini is all about that as well. So it's yeah. like, you know, do some sex magic. Get yes. some, you know, <laughs> I, I actually have a free practice if people want to do that. I have a really incredible guided self-pleasure sex magic practices that are all for mm-hmm. free. 
do that. That could be a great way to get clear on what do you want to do? What do you want to create with? Flirt yourself out in that way. Mm-hmm. And I love that. If you are in partnership with somebody else or multiple people, maybe Mm -hmm. have like play some authentic relating games, dive deeper Mm -hmm. into, you know, some intellectual conversation and communicate, do the love spheres and desires practice, Um, you know, explore some of those things too. Mm, Yes. I love that. I love all of that. I feel like, I also feel like sexting is very much a Gemini energy just Mm -hmm. like the playfulness and bringing it into communication and like technology. And it's just, I always feel that like that sort of playfulness in in sexting. (laughs) Totally. I love that too. It's so good. Um, Well, thank you so much for coming on and having this conversation with me. It was such a dream. Um, Mm -hmm. Where can our listeners find you? Do you have anything coming up that you'd like to talk about? Um, Yeah. I just wanted to kind of let you share a little bit of that. Yeah. Yeah. So you can find me on Instagram at Brittany, B-R-I-T-T-N-E-Y dot bliss, B-L-I-S-S. And so from there, you can check out my, I've got a bunch of links in my bio. So you can go to my website. You can sign up for some of my free guided self-pleasure practices. I also have a free online academy called the Tantric Earth Academy. And so you can enroll in that for free. You can check out some of my free online courses. I also have paid courses that you can join and participate in. You can book a free one-on-one discovery sexual awakening call with me if you're looking um, to explore your sexuality more and receive one-on-one support. And then from there, for a good fit, we can discuss coaching options and packages. And yeah, I'm also going to be having some retreats coming up and some new online courses that are diving deeper into earth sex magic, working with yoni eggs and plant medicine and astrology and wilding and all those things. So yeah. Oh my gosh. For those things. Amazing. So juicy. So exciting. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate this conversation. That was so lovely to have you. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on. It was an honor and a pleasure. And yeah, thank you to all the listeners. Feel free to even send me a DM on Instagram. I love getting to know each other. So happy to continue this conversation. Perfect. Thank you so much. Yeah. This was so lovely. Yeah. Thank you. (laughs) I'm so, so grateful. And like, it was lovely. Also, I'm really glad that we did this on Zoom because just like watching you be so embodied as you're speaking all these things was so beautiful (laughs) yay thank you yeah I appreciate it and yeah grateful for Allie for connecting us Uh, I know right she was like oh I think these two would work well together so yes so grateful I hope you have a beautiful rest of your day and that your week is amazing that festival sounds incredible where's the where's the Tantra festival it's up in DC oh okay oh wow yeah so I'm driving up there. So it's like a nine hour drive. So I'm, oh my gosh, wait, where are you? Are you in I'm Florida? in Asheville, North Carolina. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I was living in Maui and I just moved here. So, oh my gosh, you were in Maui. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. My mom lives in Hawaii as well. Oh, she's, wow. uh, she's on the big Island. So, okay. So. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. So. Well, I hope you have a lovely rest of your day. Thank you. You too. Thank you so much. Yeah. I- Bye. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode. I hope it sparked inspiration and expanded your consciousness. Please remember to rate, like, and review on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And if you have any comments or questions, please feel free to reach out. You can find me at jadeparis.co online or jadeparis.co on Instagram and TikTok. If you have a desire to work with me, you can find my orgasmic manifestation course, my sex magic membership called the Quantum Eroticism Coven, as well as one-on-one coaching packages on my website. Thank you so much for being here. I'm so grateful for you and sending you so much love. Until next time.